When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 361. On Now You Know. So thank you to HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. When life gets busy, don't call for delivery. Get HelloFresh. It's 25% cheaper than takeout and less expensive than grocery shopping too. Just choose your recipes and receive fresh pre-portioned ingredients so you can get cooking quick. I love that there's no waste. You just get the right amount of food for the meal. The recipe cards are super easy to follow with photos of each step. Fall is right around the corner, and HelloFresh is here to help you plan for the busy season ahead with tasty dishes delivered to your door. I like that you can choose what meals you're going to get using their website or app. It's so easy to simply choose your recipes and pick your delivery date, then lay back and enjoy these last days of summer knowing that dinner is covered. The key to dinnertime success? Variety. HelloFresh keeps your taste buds on their toes with 40 chef-crafted recipes to select from every week. From family-friendly to fit and wholesome, you'll always find new and exciting recipes to try and love. I think my favorite meal so far has been the creamy garlic spinach ricotta ravioli. With HelloFresh, all you need is 15 minutes and you'll be enjoying a tasty, satisfying meal made in your own kitchen. Just look for their quick and easy dinner options, plus quick breakfasts and lunches too. Go to HelloFresh.com and use code 50NOWYOUKNOW at checkout for 50% off plus free shipping. That's code 50NOWYOUKNOW at checkout for 50% off. Just go to HelloFresh.com now. We reported six weeks ago on episode Tesla Time News 355 that Tesla might be buying a German wireless charging company called Wifirion. Now it appears to be happening. According to several German news outlets, it has been confirmed that Tesla has acquired the 2016 startup Wifirion for between 50 and $100 million. As we saw at the Tesla Investor Day back in March, when Tesla's head of global charging infrastructure, Rebecca Tanucci, displayed this slide. So if you zoom in further, you see what I first thought was a shadow below the car, but it's a wireless charging pad. So what does this mean? We're going to get wireless charging? I mean, will this only be for future Teslas that are going to be able to wirelessly charge? Is this going to be a retrofit that customers can get installed in their cars? Or is this just going to be for robo-taxis? Will the Cybertruck be able to wirelessly charge? Okay, okay, hang on. I actually think this isn't for the cars. I think this is for the Tesla bots. My guess is if they're acquiring Wifirion today, then we'll start seeing this technology come out in about 18 to 24 months. Also interesting to note that last year, Wifirion signed a global licensing agreement with Wytricity, the company that used a Model 3 in its promotional materials. So visiting Wifirion's website, we can see that they sell Etalink. It's a 3000 watt inductive wireless charging unit that they claim is 93% efficient. Okay, so... Three kilowatts, that's pretty slow. But I mean, that should be fine for home and work charging. And really good for Tesla bots. And if you go to the bottom of the website, zoom in there right at the bottom. And I think we get our proof that Tesla has bought the company. 
So what do you guys think? How will Tesla start incorporating this technology? You think it's going in Tesla bots. Yeah, I just think that uh, you need to be able to wirelessly charge. But I mean, they have arms, can't they? Hang on. <laughs> they could. Okay. They could. Or maybe they just charge while they're standing there. You know, wireless pad beneath okay. their feet. All right. Now, I'm not going to make us get into a time machine, but if you do remember back in 2020, Tesla filed a lawsuit against Rivian over allegedly stealing trade secrets when Rivian hired former Tesla employees and asked them to kind of you know, bring their office documents with them. Okay, so we're excited to have you aboard here at Rivian. It's customary on your first day to bring in some memorabilia from your last job, including uh, laptops, thumb drives, notebooks, photographs, and things of that kind to spruce up your office. Yeah, Tesla claims in the lawsuit that these employees brought documents, quote, consisting of highly sensitive trade secret, confidential, and proprietary engineering information when they went to work at their new jobs at Rivian. Then in 2021, Tesla expanded their lawsuit to say that Rivian was now stealing even more stuff, quote, stealing the core technology for its next generation batteries. A state court judge last week ruled that Tesla can go ahead with their lawsuit. So what is this all going to mean? Well, it sounds like the two parties were trying to come to some agreement out of court, but I don't think Tesla was satisfied with whatever that settlement was. And my guess is that Tesla has pretty good evidence of theft if they're willing to go all the way to an expensive court trial. Uh, if Rivian is found guilty, I'm not sure what this is going to mean for them. So stay tuned. But I mean, what could it mean? I mean, damages, okay. which could be money, I mean, a lot of money. I mean, if it's the batteries, it could be billions of dollars. Okay. It could be licensing payments, like maybe Rivian will have to pay for every battery they install. Uh, yeah, it could be big. Wow. Okay, this summer we've been telling you about an electric vehicle raffle for a good cause where you can win a Rivian truck or a Tesla Model X Plaid or a Lucid sedan. But today, as human beings, we want to offer the number one reason you should consider buying a ticket that donates to the Chesapeake Climate Action Network Action Fund. That reason is our climate is in real trouble. We founded this channel eight years ago in large part to help create a more sustainable world. And that world is happening but not fast enough. This summer, we've seen astonishing wildfires in the east and heat domes in the west and floods in the south. You see them too. So if you're concerned, as we are, consider supporting CCAN Action Fund. Join their raffle at www.evraffle.org. And if you've already bought a ticket, consider buying another. This dynamic group advocates for clean energy policies nationwide. The prizes are amazing. Pick from a Rivian SUV or truck plus 10 years worth of free charging or... Pick a Tesla Model X Plaid. Or a Lucid Air Grand Touring with a 500-mile battery. No more than 5,500 total tickets will be sold, so there's great odds for this EV raffle. Again, visit evraffle.org. Tickets are just $200, and the raffle is currently undersold with just weeks before the drawing. So visit evraffle.org today and help save our climate. All right, I almost didn't believe this when I first read it, but you can buy an EV in Colorado and potentially get $26,500 off in discounts. That means you could buy a Tesla Model 3 rear-wheel drive for $13,740. And I mean, it looks like even Elon is having trouble believing it. Yeah, he said, really? So there's a Colorado State EV incentive for $26,500? No, it works like this. Okay, so first you would hopefully qualify for the full federal tax credit of $7,500. Then there's a Colorado tax credit of $5,000. So we're up to $12,500 off. You with me so far? Okay. So then if the vehicle is less than $35,000, which I don't think the Tesla Model 3 is, no. you would get an additional $2,500 from Colorado. It's called the Colorado Low Cost EV Tax Credit. So... I think that's where Sawyer says that you're at $15,000 off, but we're going to find out later. I think he's wrong. Then there's the Colorado Vehicle Exchange Program of $6,000 when you trade in your old ice clunker. 
So for a qualifying EV, that would have been $21,000 off. And then... No! No, and then... XL Energy uh, has a $5,500 rebate. So that would be a total of $26,500 off. Or $11,000 off a used EV. Again, you have to qualify in terms of your income not being too high, but this is true. So, all right, so let's all move to Colorado. I mean, why not? Go to the mountains, stay for the EVs. And Trademark, <laughs> call me Governor Jared Polis. Let's talk. So, I mean, is this true? Do we really get $26,500 off? Well, Elon did tweet after this. I'm told by my team that the credits are not currently stackable. So the best case is more like roughly $20,000. And there are some significant income restrictions. Still very compelling. What I have found out is you can stack $21,000 of the credits. There's a new law being introduced in Colorado that would allow you to stack all of them. And if that is passed, then in 2024, you could get all of what we just said. Because, I mean, right now, the Model 3 uh, rear-wheel drive is $40,000. So it doesn't get that uh, $2,500, right. uh, what is it called, the low-cost EV tax credit. But let's look at the Chevy Bolt. Now, we were looking online at Chevy Bolts, new Chevy Bolts, and some of them claimed 26000 although you do a little digging and it's more like 29500 But that's still below the 35000 so that would qualify. And I did all the math for you. That would mean that you could get a Chevy Bolt for $3,000 in Colorado, a new one. What? Yeah. Okay, wait. So, like, next year, if they still have the Bolt sitting on somebody's lot and it's under three and it's under well, $35,000. Right. I mean, Chevy did say they're going to continue making it now. Right. So, I mean, this would be true for any American made car that qualifies for the full $7,500 federal tax credit. Right. Um, so there's a whole bunch of things that have to line up to work. I think Tesla should consider offering a lower battery pack Model 3 just to qualify. And then uh, people should just move to Colorado. Well, I mean, not everyone can move to Colorado. All right. How about if we all move to California? Well, people in California have reported that Tesla has been sending out emails explaining how they could be eligible for $15,000 worth of incentives when they purchase an EV in the state. So by combining the federal and state incentives, Tesla demonstrates how you could buy the cheapest Model 3 variant for just $18,400 before taxes. That's a whole lot cheaper than the $42,900 sticker price. I mean, how would it be so cheap? So as Tesla explains in the email, you may qualify for the $7,500 federal tax credit mm -hmm. and the California state vehicle rebate of $7,500. So that's $15,000 off. And then income eligible California residents may qualify for an additional state grant of up to $9,500 through the Clean Cars for All program. So that would be a whopping $24,500 off. Wow. So please write in to us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com if you're able to take advantage of either the Colorado or the California rebates and tell us how much you saved because I think that this is a really important story. I don't know how long these incentives are going to last, but if we can kind of tell that story, explain how it all works, because I know that it's complicated. Um, I think that that would be really good for the community just so we can all see how this stuff is going to happen. Because like with the federal tax credit, you don't just like get it taken off at the dealership. Well, you're supposed to you're soon. You're supposed to, but right, right now you don't. No, that's a really good point because right now this doesn't seem real, at least to me. Like mm. it seems like there'd be so much paperwork and I'll never really get it. But if one of you actually goes through this process, please show us the process and show us if it really worked. Right. Hey, and if you like getting money off EVs, <laughs> hit the like button. It really helps us out. All right, so Elon posted on X, vehicle control is in the final piece of the Tesla FSD AI puzzle. That will drop over 300,000 lines of C++ control code by two orders of magnitude. It is training as I write this. Our progress is currently training compute constrained, not engineer constrained. 
So now I know that many people don't really care what Elon says, especially about full self-driving. They are waiting for the cars to drive themselves and they consider Elon to be the boy who cried wolf. But I actually think this is a really big step. There are many people who believe that you can measure intelligence by how compressed you can make your model of the world. So, for example, we humans don't need to analyze every bit of data to make a decision. We have a very compressed modeling system. Right. For instance, when you're driving, you don't need to know the color and the speed and the make and the model of every car around you in order for you to drive safely. You see a lot of stuff, but you disregard all but the most important parts. That's why when you're focusing on something you may not see a giant gorilla walking across the court. So what Elon is saying here are two important things. Number one, Tesla is basically getting rid of a lot of their vehicle control hard coding, about 300,000 lines of C++ code gone. They're letting the neural net now make those decisions. Two orders of magnitude or 100 times more compressed. In other words, it just got 100 times smarter. And number two, he just said that they are training compute constrained, not engineer constrained, meaning they don't have to write more code to solve this problem. They just need the neural net to train itself for a little bit longer. This is huge. It's very likely that the car is going to start driving itself with a more human feeling since it'll be using actual trained data and not hard coded controls. What do you mean? All right. Well, instead of having to give a preset parameter for what to do in a given situation, full self driving will be able to look at what other cars have done in the past and choose the best result if that makes any sense. It's almost like the difference between looking up in a chart how much braking you should apply in a given situation or learning from thousands of drivers who've done it. Look, I'm super excited about this and I can't wait to see what this can do in one of the upcoming builds. Now, I'm not sure if this is going to wait for version 12 when Elon says that they're going to be getting rid of the beta part of full self-driving or whether this build will come out even sooner. I mean, what do you think? Are they getting closer? I think they're getting super closer. Look at this latest tweet from Elon. I think we may have figured out some aspects of AGI, artificial general intelligence. The car has a mind, not an enormous mind, but a mind nonetheless. Okay, whatever. Look, I, I, look, I, I get it. I, I, can't, I, I can't take him seriously anymore. I'm sorry. It, it's been so long. I think the reason you should take him seriously is I know that he can be off on his timing, but I really do think if we look back at other things he's achieved, like with the Boring Company, like with Neuralink, like with SpaceX, he does get there and he's very close to getting there now, I think. But let us know in the comments, what do you think? So it's beginning to feel like the first installations of Tesla Supercharger Magic Dock that we saw earlier in February at about a dozen locations in New York and California were probably Probably a pilot program to make sure that Tesla had a chance to work out all the kinks. Now Tesla Magic Docks have been spotted in Texas at the East Chase Fort Worth Supercharger location near Arlington, Texas. And it appears that Tesla or its electrical installation crew brought a Ford F-150 Lightning over for testing. This Magic Dock location is now officially listed on Tesla's website maps as open to non-Tesla vehicles. See, it has a slightly different icon there, little lightning bolt with like the Wi-Fi lines on either side. That means it's a non-Tesla friendly site. Interesting. So what does this mean? Because, I mean, Ford and GM and all these other car companies are moving to NAX, or the North American charging standard. I feel like all these EVs that don't have NAX are going to be as outdated as, say, you know, the Nissan Leaf is, mm. um, where they're they're going to have this port that nobody uses. So but, but I guess the question, though, is like, why is Tesla making more Magic Dock ports? Part of me feels like they were doing this Magic Dock thing as part of their negotiations with Ford and GM and others when they were talking to them about NAX. And I think they were going to be like, well, hey, if you don't want to use NAX, uh, we can just go ahead with the Magic Dock. I don't really know if this is to get the federal money because 
currently in federal law, it has to be open to all cars. And so I think this is how they're going to do that. I think for the time being, they're going to keep putting Magic Dock in at some locations to get those federal checks. I don't know, though. What do you guys think? Well, like you're saying, it could be used as a bit of a bargaining chip. I mean, one of the biggest reasons why Ford uh, finally went along with Tesla was that they were able to go through the Ford app in order to use a supercharger station. Um, Whereas I'm sure Tesla would prefer you to use the Tesla app where they can advertise to you about like, hey, you could buy a Tesla. Do you want to buy a Tesla? Every single time you plug in. And I am sure that Ford and all the other car manufacturers don't want that to happen. But if Tesla is going to have a magic dock, they don't need to work with any of the other car manufacturers. Right. They can just say, oh, you don't want to join Nax? That's fine. We're just going to be advertising directly to all your consumers who want to use the best network in North America. That's a really good point. There's still a couple of years before Fords and GMs and so forth can use Tesla superchargers, but every Magic Dock station that opens, you can use immediately. Mm. And as far as I know, you have to get the Tesla app to use the Magic Dock stations at the moment, right? um, which means that Ford is kind of out of luck. So according to emails obtained by Bloomberg, Tesla is planning a charging network stretching from Fremont, California to Laredo, Texas. Uh, Tesla already has a charging network that stretches from coast to coast and across several other continents. What do you mean they're planning a network from California to Texas? I'm sorry. I mean, they're planning a mega charger network. We're talking big, massive, super duper chargers that can charge up a Tesla semi truck. Oh, wow. Super duper. That looks like nine mega chargers spanning a distance of 1,800 miles. Is this for Tesla's own use? Aside from Fremont, there aren't that many Tesla places on that map. I'm guessing that this would be for Tesla semi-truck owners to use, uh, much in the same way that the supercharger network functions now. So do you think that private owners will be able to use them like us? I hope so. Pretty please. So according to this report, Tesla is seeking $97 million from the government and plans to spend an extra $24 million of their own on the project. And that gives us a grand total of $121 million for nine charging locations, or about $13.5 million per location. Hmm. So it's not that expensive. I mean, like, I wouldn't want to pay to put one in, but it's not crazy when you consider the implications. So just like back in 2012, Tesla is starting a network of fast charging sites for a vehicle that lots of people think is impossible or should be a hybrid. I haven't heard of any other company building chargers of this type yet. Except for Nikola's hydrogen stations. (laughs) Me, sir. I predict that just like before, the competition is going to be so late to the party that they'll end up adopting Tesla's standard and network. I can't wait to review them. And we're talking more about the Tesla semi-truck over on Patreon bonus stories this week. So help support independent news and get access to lots of bonus content over on Patreon. And I just want to go back to the, you know, $13 million per site. You have to have a substation connection for that level. Mm. So it's not even like a Tesla supercharger station where you can probably get away with, you know, less amps flowing in. Um, So that's probably why the price is so high. You have to work with the utility and you have to get like a massive connection. Yeah. And I think that it's also hard when you don't have anything to compare it to. I think that, you know, if on a highway, you know, those those rest stops that you stop at, how much do you think those cost? Those are probably in the same price range. Um, I know that they're going to service cars and trucks and buses and you get to go to the bathroom. But you also have to consider how much money is going to be saved by not having to fuel up these trucks with diesel. Well, and Tesla didn't have to pay for most of it. Exactly. And this is a huge selling point for the Tesla semi-truck. So last month, we told you about Ford's big price cuts planned for the F-150 Lightning. Yeah, almost $10,000 off for some trims. Well, it seems to have had the desired effect. Ford has seen a 300% increase in web traffic and a 600% increase in Lightning orders since the announcement. 
Okay, but two questions. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Number one, can Ford keep up with that demand? And secondly, even before price cuts, Ford had negative margins of 58.9% for their electric division. So won't they just be losing more money every sale they make? Answer. Maybe, and I think so. Any more questions? Okay, so Ford says coming off their six-week plant shutdown to retool the line that they'll be able to produce about 70,000 Lightnings this year, hitting a run rate of 150,000 per year at their Rouge Electric Vehicle Center. So maybe they can keep up with demand, although 150,000 trucks a year is still a pretty low production rate for a truck that sells about 650 to 700,000 units in North America per year. And that kind of leads to the answer for your second question. To make a decent profit on the Lightning, Ford would not only need to drastically increase their run rate, but they'd also need to become more vertically integrated. Right now, Bosch makes their motors. SK Innovation makes the battery pack. Magna International makes the chassis. Continental provides the bodywork for the Lightning. Those are just four of the over 100 suppliers. They won't work for free. Whereas Tesla makes almost everything of substance in-house. So, I mean, Ford is actually digging themselves deeper in a hole because they were damned if they didn't drop the price and damned now that they did. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yep. We got a bunch of new Cybertruck stories this week in a new segment I'd like to call Yeehaw! The Cybertruck Roundup. So first of all, we've got this footage of what appears to be a Cybertruck with aero covers on it. I don't know. Those don't look like they're installed correctly. They're not like centered on the wheel. I mean, they do look like they're wobbling, but I mean, that might just be the video compression. I don't know. Well, either way, can we remember to record in landscape, people? Thank you. <laughs> Next, we have this shot of a Cybertruck and a Rivian in the same shot. And lots of people have said that the Cybertruck looks really small. Or is it just because it's further away? Okay, one last time. These are small, but the ones out there are far away. <laughs> Small, far away. Well, perhaps a better size comparison is this drone footage from none other than ace drone pilot Joe Tegmeyer of this Cybertruck charging at the Gigafactory. Yeah, hats off to Joe. Amazing work, by the way. Uh, lots of people have said that this looks like the frunk liner that's in the back of the truck there. Do you see that mm. upside down? So I'm really not sure what this tells us because it's hard to see. So I think you're going to like this last one. Um, and this is the one that we'll leave you on. This is from inside the factory. Wow. I mean, not great quality. Again, TikTok, what's up with you? <laughs> but if we pause it, we can really appreciate how those first two trucks have massively different ride heights. We also get a really good view of the frunk and of these wheels. Those look like the standard wheels we've seen before to me, but I'm not sure. I guess they might be different. But hey, seeing three of them together like that gives me the feeling that they're starting production. I, I want to go back to Joe's shot. That is across the street from the Gigafactory. There is a lot that is kind of where they get cars that look like they need like a little last minute touch ups, maybe scratches or whatever. Mm. Um, as you can see, there's there's stickers on the truck that show and like there's stickers all over it showing that I think it came off the line. Right. And so I think this is a truck that's actually a production truck. In fact, we have a Patreon poll this week about that, don't we? Yeah, we'll find that out later. All right. But hey, we wouldn't have gotten any of this amazing stuff. It would have just been kind of floating around on the internet without Cybertruck Owners Club. Yeah, they help sponsor the show. We really love them. If you are interested in anything to do with Cybertruck, head on over there. There you're going to find their crowdsource reservation tracker. So you can find it where you are online, their 3D configurator, and then just tons of news every day where you can talk about it till your head falls off. Has this ever happened to you? You get a flat tire on your electric scooter? 
Well, it's happened to us and we wanted to show you how to fix it. So we just published a video on our Nalitz review channel called How to Replace the Inner Tube on a VSET 10 Plus Scooter. This happened to us on our VSET 10 Plus because it's such a powerful scooter. And I think that the massive acceleration causes the inner tube to sometimes rub against the tire. And if there's any little grit in there, it can really wear out that inner tube fast. It may seem like it's impossible to replace the tube, but we're two dopes and we figured out how to do it. So we want to show you how to do it. And this is just one of the many kinds of things that we tell you about on the Now Let's Review channel. We show you how to fix e-bike tires, what's the best bike pump to use, and then of course reviews on e-scooters, e-bikes, kitchen composters, and more. So please, if you would, head on over to Knowledge Review, let us know what you'd like us to review, and oh yeah, by the way, we do give away some EV chargers over there from time to time. Just saying. Well, Jesse, you said that you wanted the Cybertruck to also be a boat, right? Right. Well, how about an electric truck that is also a submarine? think you lost me. Okay, so there's been this kind of urban myth and like urban legend, if you will, in Australia about an automobile back in the 80s that was made into a submarine and everyone talks about it, but no one seems to have any pictures of it. Like it can drive underwater? Yeah, and so this team of engineers and divers and EV enthusiasts just managed to convert a Toyota Land Cruiser, not only into an electric Toyota Land Cruiser, but they also then drove it underwater for over four miles, that's seven kilometers, in Darwin Harbor in Northern Australia. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. So this team took a 1987 Toyota Land Cruiser, took the engine out, replaced it with an 88 kilowatt net gain Hyper 9 electric motor, hooked up the original transmission. They waterproofed it. They filled the 37 inch tires with water. And then a team of about 30 commercial divers took turns driving the truck for about 15 minutes at a time. Wait, 30 divers, 15 minutes? At the How long were they underwater? Well, they started the journey in Mud Crab, that's the name of the vehicle, at 9 a.m. And they were supposed to get to the other side of the harbor in about seven hours. But the mud and the silt on the seafloor of Darwin Harbor, plus they had to cross over a natural gas pipe, made the trip more difficult than they expected. And it took them almost 12 hours to pull off. So they got to the other side at about 9 p.m. on Saturday night. And they claimed two new world records. What were the new records? Longest distance traveled underwater by an electric vehicle. So the Land Cruiser traveled 1,500 meters underwater. The previous record was 1,000 meters set by an electric car called Deep Racer in 2021. Uh, the deepest dive by an electric vehicle, the Land Cruiser EV reached a depth of 15 meters, 49 feet underwater. The previous record had been 10 meters. Okay. So that's, that's cool. It's really cool. It's a submarine. You wanted a submarine. They made one. No, I wanted a boat. <laughs> I don't want to spend 15 minutes driving my truck and then have to hire somebody else to drive it. Another. I mean, that was not fast. No. The no, bottom I mean, of the ocean is not paved. Right. It's not a great. Uh, it's not a great road. No. For anyone wondering, I guess. But they did it in an electric vehicle. I mean, that is cool. It's it, a conversion. It would have been very hard to do in a gas vehicle. Very hard. Yes. yes. <laughs> Um, by the way, how crazy is that, that they were able to cross over a natural gas pipeline? I feel like here in the U.S., like the number of permits that you would need would have made it impossible. But in Australia, it's like, hey, we'll just drive over a natural gas pipeline, mate. So last week, you reported on the Lucid Air Sapphire Edition, the $250,000 car coming out soon that may be able to beat a Model S Plaid in the quarter mile. Well, I think GM might have drunk the same Kool-Aid. GM just announced the official starting price of the Cadillac Celestique. Are you ready? Hold on to your hat. Starting price before any options is $340,000. What kind of specs does it have to justify 
that price tag. Well, GM hasn't released any, but they've signaled. Signaled? Yeah, you know, I think this is one of those tease tags that you talked about that car makers go through. You know, like there's concept, pre-launch, unveiling, launch, and we're in the middle of this marketing campaign for the Celestique, so GM needs to milk it for all it's worth. So we get signaled that the Celestique will have about 300 miles of range, 600 horsepower, and a zero to 60 in 3.8 seconds. But that's not official. That's just a signal. But we do know about some of the design features. No, 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 no. I can buy a Model 3 Performance that gets better specs than that. Yes, but I haven't pointed out what it does have. Celestique is the first Cadillac to feature Ultra Cruise advanced hands-free driver assistance with a first-of-its-kind sensor suite for 360-degree views. Innovations continue throughout and overhead. A smart glass roof with fixed glass can be customized to suit each passenger's distinct preference. So it's $340,000 for Super Cruise. No, no, no. Ultra Cruise. Man, I would have loved to be in that room for that meeting. Okay, so what's the word that we're going to use that's better than Super Jenkins? Uh, what did you come up with? Uh, uh, let's see. Um, we have Awesome. Awesome Cruise. Nope. Nope. That sounds like I just got back from a cruise. Uh, how was your cruise? Awesome. Awesome Cruise. No, no, no. Jenkins, we need something better. Uh, well, that was our next word. What, what word? Better. Uh, better cruise. Better cruise doesn't sound better than super cruise. We need a better word. Uh, um, how how about platinum cruise? It can't be a color, Jenkins. Ford has blue cruise. Remember? R right. Well, we have one one word left, sir. Uh, super duper. Super duper cruise. Where where do you get these words? Twelve year old birthday party. We need a word that's better than super. It has to be the ultimate. That's it, sir. Ultra. Ultra. I like that. Did I come up with that? Then what the heck are we paying you for anyway, Jenkins? So you're saying for $340,000, I get Ultra Cruise, which can do what exactly? But you also get this 55 inch pillar to pillar screen. Oh, it's a thin screen. Look well, how long it is. <laughs> and look at this smart glass roof. Okay. And there's a nice little multifunction control knob there with a button and a little screen there. Extra screen, huh? And, and look at these stitched leather seats, huh? Okay. And when is the Celestique coming out? Expected to start deliveries at the end of this year. And so it does not qualify for the $7,500 federal tax credit, obviously. So are you going to get on the waiting list? I think I'll pass. Dr. Know-It-All had a really good point this week. Go check out his YouTube channel, awesome channel. This is a lot like what Swiss watchmakers did when electronic watches like the Seiko came out in the early 1970s, right? The Japanese were able to make a way cheaper watch that was way better. What did the Swiss do? They started selling high-end luxury watches like Rolex, Breitling, Chopard. And so now you buy a $20,000 watch that isn't that good, but it shows how rich you are. And by good, you mean at keeping time. Right. It's which not is good at the watch, only job it does. Right. Which, you know, but th that's not what these are for. No, they're for showing off. And I think that, you know, this plaque here, you know, made handmade in Detroit is all about showing off. My point here, though, is that I don't think the Cadillac brand has the prestige it once did. I think in the 70s, you know, the Cadillac was the Cadillac of cars. But I think now Cadillac is not the Cadillac of cars. Right. Because they've sold so many sh Cadillacs. Pieces of crap. I remember driving a Cadillac in the 90s that people were like, that's a Cadillac? Mm, I don't know. I haven't seen any Cadillacs recently that excited me, including the Celestique. In terms of branding, they should have just come up with something new, yeah. right? Because then it would have had the new factor I, as I opposed agree. to... And also, Celestique... I'm not saying it sounds like a stripper, but... <laughs> 
I don't, it's not, you can't have a Q in there. Maybe that's the market they're going for. I don't know. You've been saying how Toyota fell behind in the EV revolution under the leadership of Akio Toyota, the grandson of Toyota's founder. And now Toyota is desperately trying to catch up or at least look like they're going to catch up. They won't. Uh, they are doomed, by the way. But it doesn't stop them from trying to run a nice big press campaign to impress Toyota shareholders that everything is okay. Yeah, I mean, Toyota has sent out press releases pretty much every week now talking about upcoming solid state batteries and new models of EVs and high tech body composite materials and new generative AI software that'll design new efficient vehicles. Now Toyota sent out their latest press release saying that they've officially partnered with Pony AI and GAC Toyota Motor Company, which is in itself 50% China's GAC auto company. So well, I don't know what this partnership even looks like anymore. The partnership will have Toyota GAC making EVs that'll have Pony AI's level four driving tech in them, running on the Pony Pilot Plus RoboTaxi network platform and driving around in Chinese cities. So let's remember that Pony AI is a Chinese autonomous driving company founded in 2016 that has driven over 24 million kilometers on open roads, mainly in China. Currently, Pony AI has a combined fleet of about 200 Toyota and Lexus vehicles in four Chinese cities, Guangzhou, Beijing, Shanghai, and Shenzhen, being used for testing and public robo-taxi operations. Okay, so what's really going on here? Toyota is buying autonomy. They are paying approximately $139 million to get to join this partnership with two Chinese companies, GAC and Pony AI, so that they can stay relevant in the largest car market in the world. Okay, but what are they actually getting out of this? In my opinion, it's a desperation move. Toyota can't develop autonomy on their own, so they have to pay Pony AI. They can't make EVs and sell EVs in China on their own, so they have to form a joint company with GIC and split half their profits with GIC just to play ball. So, I mean, this is the kid who has to give the bullies his lunch money just to sit at their table. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, thanks for letting me fit oh, here, thanks. guys. This is this great. Is great. My I friends think I'm really cool. <laughs> Look, I'm sitting guys. over here at the yeah. table. I just love how they're partnering with their own company. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, that's the most psychotic thing I've ever heard. Yeah. We're partnering with myself. Hey, <laughs> wow, look at me. What? And we're paying ourselves. I'm paying myself, but it's not, half of it's not me. It's owned by the Chinese. I'm Toyota. Hey, if you want to share a clip you've seen on today's show, but you don't want to share the entire episode, head on over to our Now You Know Clips channel, separate YouTube channel, where we chop these into little bite-sized clips that you can share. Also, we're over on X. And speaking of sleepyheads, Look who just woke up and poked their head out of the cave they've been sleeping in. Subaru. Subaru had previously said that they were shooting for 40% electric and hybrid. That's, they're going to combine the two, by 2030. So basically 60% ICE engines in all their cars in 2030 with a smattering of battery electric vehicles seven years from now. Right. Subaru was happy to have Toyota make Subaru's upcoming, and by upcoming I mean 2025, Toyota will be making Subaru's three-row electric SUV at Toyota's factory in Georgetown, Kentucky. So they announced that last Tuesday, but then get this, last Wednesday, Subaru's president and CEO Atsushi Osaki announced that they want to be selling 50% battery electric cars or 600,000 units by 2030. So they kind of changed their goal. Subaru's goal now is to be selling 400,000 EVs in 2028. Subaru now says they want to build EVs themselves in-house starting in 2025, and they'll be adding dedicated EV lines in 2027. Okay. So Subaru <laughs> now says they'll begin EV production in the U.S. in 2027. But I guess in Japan, they'll start in 2025. Still too late. But hey, 
Well, no, it's it's too late. They, they waited too long. <laughs> Bye, Subaru. Yeah, I wow. I mean, what I think we need to understand is that Toyota has a 20% stake in Subaru. So Subaru got infected by the ice virus. Um, this thinking that ice vehicles... Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're here to stay. Yeah, Subaru gave lip service to EVs, having Toyota make their Subaru Solterra, which, by the way, is just a Toyota BZ4X built by Toyota at their Matomachi factory in Japan. So it can't compete in the U.S. It's not eligible for the federal tax credits. And that's probably why Subaru, which has a lot of tree-hugging customers, by the way, only sold 3,730 Solterras in the U.S. so far this year, only about 1% of Subaru's sales. By the way, it was just announced that Subaru just started talking with Panasonic about Panasonic. Panasonic supplying cylindrical lithium-ion cells to Subaru in the later part of this decade. So good job, Subaru. It only took you how long to realize that electric is the future, and then you waited until now to start talking to battery manufacturers about uh, batteries for cars that you won't be building until years from now. Yeah. So this is like, it's just like, oh man, I had homework. <laughs> and you're like, dude, you're 27. <laughs> You're talking to me about like homework that was due in fourth grade? What are you talking about? It's exciting to think about Tesla expanding to India. Yeah, as we've talked about before, India is the fourth largest auto market in the world behind China, the US and Germany. Even though only about 8% of Indian households own an automobile, it's still a $100 billion industry. So we know that Elon met with India's prime minister, Narendra Modi in New York City on June 20th while Modi was visiting the US. After the meeting, Elon made some statements that were very positive about Tesla doing business in India, saying that Tesla will start investing in India, quote, as soon as humanly possible. So now we get news from the Economic Times that Tesla has just signed a lease agreement on 5,850 square feet of office space on the first floor in the Penshill Business Park in Pune, India, starting in October. It looks like Boston Scientific and Rockwell Automation have offices there as well. And I mean... Not a big deal. It's not a lot of office space and it's just office space. They're not it's not manufacturing space. But um, this is the question. Like, do you think that this is the first steps for them kind of launching in India where they're going to need some, you know, headquarters and then they're going to expand? I mean, think about it. You can't just be like, and we're building a factory, you know, because well, like, they've done that before. <laughs> well, I, but I mean, no, they haven't. There has been somewhere somewhere in the country an office with people in it who can make phone calls and talk to people and be like, hi, yeah, we need to rent. How many cranes do you have? Yeah, we need to rent all of them. But I mean, in Giga Mexico, did they have offices there first? I think so. I don't know. I mean, I just think that, look, if you're going to build a Giga factory in India or you're going to do any business in India, you need to have people people in the country <laughs> so that way they can like run down to the government offices and, you know, file whatever paperwork they need to do. Yeah. So this is obviously like a first step. You can't, you can't not do this step. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. This is a Henson razor. Uh, I use it every single week when I shave just before the show. I used to have to shave days earlier to allow my face to kind of recover, recover from uh, my horrible multi-bladed razors. Now I use the Henson razor. It's pretty much the best thing that's ever happened to my face uh, in the world. You can get one using our code, now you know, and get 100 
free blades. They're double-sided, so that's 200 completely fresh new shaves for free by using our code. Put the blades in your cart at checkout. Batteries are the future of our electrical grid. Being able to level out the supply of solar and wind and the ups and downs of daily demand, batteries are perfect for the job. You don't have to fire them up like gas peaker plants, and when you do need the power, you get it instantly, no lag. So you may remember the Moss Landing Battery Storage Facility in Monterey, California. It was the biggest battery storage facility in the world in 2020. And now with its latest expansion that went online on June 2nd, it remains the biggest in the world even bigger than the Hornsdale battery in South Australia. I thought that was the biggest. It was when it was built in 2016, uh, but Hornsdale is 150 megawatts versus Moss Landing, which started phase one with 300 megawatts of batteries from Tesla. And now they just added an additional 350 megawatts or 1400 megawatt hours, bringing the total to a whopping 750 megawatts. That's how much power it can push through at any one time. 3000 megawatt hours of storage. So that's enough juice to power 1 million homes for four hours. So that's three gigawatt hours. <laughs> yeah. All on Tesla Megapacks. Megapacks. All right, it's time for Going Green. So did you know that there are over 50,000 self-storage facilities in the U.S.? It is a $47 billion industry, and it's growing fast at 5% a year. So look at this chart of new self-storage construction from 2013 to 2022. Astounding, isn't it? I'm sorry. Aren't we a news show about sustainability? Am I on the wrong set? I mean, are we now covering self-storage construction? What, no, what are we no, talking sorry. about? No, I'm sorry. This is going green. No, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm laying the groundwork for this next story about the U.S.'s largest self-storage company, Public Storage, which has been around since 1972. They are going to be putting solar panels on 133 of their storage building rooftops. So 8 million square feet of their building rooftops in Maryland, New Jersey, and Illinois will be getting solar panels that will feed community solar and will power over 10,000 homes. These 133 solar projects make up 13% of public storage's commitment to put solar on 1,000 of their 2,800 properties by 2025. I just thought this was good information for everybody to know in case you're making your decision about you know, what company to choose for your self-storage. Maybe choose a company that's doing the right thing. Nice. Because, I mean, I see self-storage places opening up everywhere. It's like uh, Americans don't have enough room in their house for all the junk they have. Too Where much? am I going to put my junk? <laughs> Too much stuff. <laughs> all right, it's time for sunspots. I know, I know it sounds like we're beating a dead horse, but solar continues to surge. Global research firm Wood McKenzie just released their latest market outlook. Now, to be fair, I didn't buy the whole report. It cost $6,000. But <laughs> check this out. A record of 270 gigawatts of newly installed solar capacity is expected to go online this year worldwide. And this is just going to continue increasing, they say, with 320 gigawatts of new solar in 2032, which I think they are way underestimating. In the U.S., we just saw our largest first quarter ever with more than three gigawatts added, a 25 percent year over year increase. The UK had the highest quarterly residential solar installations in Q1 of 2023, double that of Q1 of 2022. Romania has 210 sunny days a year and is becoming one of the top distributed solar markets in the world, expected to hit 6.5 gigawatts of combined solar by 2027. But, you know, we talked about this recently. These numbers are just too hard for our little brains to wrap themselves around, right? Right. Unless you're in the electrical grid industry, they just sound 
good, but what do they really mean? The good news is it's pretty easy to do the math. For instance, to figure out if 270 gigawatts of new solar capacity is a big deal, you need to know a couple things and do some straightforward math. You first need to know how many hours of sun a year you're going to get. In the U.S., the average amount of sunlight that we get is 2,530 hours per year. Obviously, it's much higher in the southwest, for example, but here in the northeast, it can be as little as 1,500 hours per year. But it's not just sunlight that we need to know about. We need sunlight at a decent angle for solar panels. And so let's use 1,600 hours as a good average. It's probably on the low side, but let's just play it safe. So if we take 270 gigawatts, multiply it by 1,600 hours, we get 432 terawatt hours per year. That's how much electricity all the new solar panels make in a year. So now take global electrical demand, which is estimated to be around 25,000 terawatt hours in 2022. Again, it's a super huge number that doesn't really help us much. But if we divide the new solar capacity by the total global demand, you can see that what we just added this year is about 1.72%. And I can hear some of you saying, that's it? But hang on. The planet already has over a thousand gigawatts of solar installed worldwide. Look at this chart. So we now have 1,276 gigawatts of solar times 1,600 hours a year, and we get 2,041 terawatt hours. Divide that by a total global demand of 25,000 terawatt hours, and you get 8.2%. So we'll have the capacity at the end of this year on the planet to generate 8.2% of our electrical needs from the sun. And we keep adding hundreds of gigawatts of solar every year. Do you see where this is going? Wood Mackenzie is being super conservative. We are growing solar at an exponential rate because number one, the sun is free. Number two, solar prices are still dropping fast. And number three, battery storage is becoming cheaper. And if you would like to add solar to your roof and make this number grow even faster, talk to our friends at EnergyPal. They'll help answer all your questions about tax rebates and which is the best system. And is it cost effective to hook up batteries? Let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you and it's free for you to do it. Link is down below. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. Send them to us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Shoot them in landscape, two minutes or less with no music, good audio. Let's see what we got this week. David sent us this story. Let's check it out. Hey, I just started looking over about ready to open a new Tesla store here in the South County area of St. Louis. This will be the second store that'll be opening here. Uh, it actually used to be a furniture store. So it's kind of exciting that we'll actually have two places for service and sales. So I just thought I'd let you know. All right, thank you. Nice, they're gonna have two in St. Louis. Nice. That's awesome. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. For that, you're gonna have to head over to Patreon, support us there for as little as a buck a month. You'll get to hear about, well, the first time that a Bugatti Chiron Super Sport goes head to head with a Rimac Nevera, and then that winner goes head to head with the Model S Plaid. Find out who wins, along with a ton of other stories. We've got Investor Club bonus stories over there and much, much more. Head over to patreon.com slash now you know and support us for just a buck a month. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the poll. What was our question this week? Do you think this is a production Cybertruck just off the line? Ooh, close. 50-50, I don't know. So, I mean, some people think that this is this is a real actual Cybertruck that's I think gonna be it delivered. Is. I, I don't think you'd put the stickers all over it if it wasn't. But my question is, if I'm right, mm -hmm. where are they gonna store them all? What do you mean? 
Well, I mean, if they're starting to produce them now mm. and they're slowly coming off the line, right? Are they going to just keep them out on a parking lot where we can all see them? Or are they going to put them under some kind of cover or put them in like container boxes or like what? Until when, when until the start? delivery event. Like oh, there's I obviously going to be some big delivery event where they deliver like a hundred of them or a thousand of them. I don't think because I want to see a fleet of them <laughs> driving across the Texas. They're not gonna li- it's going to be they're going to deliver like 50 like they did last Still, time. Still, that would look cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It'll be good. I think it's going to be more than 50. I think it's going to be around 50. You can't deliver a thousand cars in one night at some event. It's too complicated. They could. All right, it's time for Elon's X's of the week. And uh, we've got Michaelo Fedorov saying 500 plus Tesla Powerwalls to keep resilience of Ukraine's medical, social, and energy infrastructure. Let me remind you that we have already received 40,000 Starlinks. Thank you, Elon, for such crucial equipment for Ukraine. Elon said you are most welcome. Amar says, excited to share a little teaser trailer for my next mid-journey short film. Elon said, if not this year, certainly soon. Yeah, this film was made all by AI. Huh. Elon said, wow, I'm glad so many people love Canada too. Some people just have a dirty mind. Oh, I get it now. Some people are reading the t-shirt as saying, I love an AI. What a funny misinterpretation. Just a little cheeky humor. That's Elon for you. Then Elon tweeted out that Starlink works almost anywhere, retweeting Starlink's post about it working in the Outback. Brian says the Hangzhou Zoo, located in Xijiang, Hangzhou, China, had to issue a statement this weekend after people saw this video and questioned if the sun bears at their zoo were actually humans dressed in costumes. Elon says bears aren't real. Peter Diamante says, why is there always so much negative news? Elon says evolutionary bias. Positive news is nice to know, but negative news for almost our entire evolutionary history could mean death. So higher priority. What really messes things up in the modern era is that negative news can now reach everyone on Earth, but still triggers a limbic danger response, even when there is no actual danger. Doge designer quoted Elon said, I got interested in technology because of video games. Elon said programming for sure. Sophie says, if you're in fintech, pivot to something legal. Elon said, if in legal, pivot to fintech. Musk University quoted Elon when I was, I don't know, five or six or something. I thought I was insane because it was clear that other people, their minds weren't exploding with ideas all the time. Elon said, yeah, there's a downside to this. My internal mental torture is high. He then went on to say it is important for more people to come to work in San Francisco or the rest of the city can't survive. Ethan said in this study, AI was more accurate than two thirds of radiologists. Yet when radiologists had AI help their diagnoses, they did not improve. Why? Humans ignored the AI's advice when it conflicted with their views. A big barrier for future human-AI collaboration. Historic Vid says, what was the best video game system of all time? And Elon said, PC. He's right. Money Magazine said, Elon Musk, X-Corp, threatens lawsuit against anti-hate speech group. Elon says, you can tell it's propaganda when they choose terms that are impossible to invert. Who is pro-hate speech? Their actual goals have nothing to do with hate speech and everything to do with censorship of public dialogue. Senator John Corwin said everything is bigger in the Lone Star State, including Tesla's Gigafactory, the second largest manufacturing facility in the U.S. Tesla's impressive facility employs 10,000 Texans and is one of the many reasons why Texas is leading in job creation. Thanks, Elon, for the visit. Elon said, thank you for visiting with us at Tesla headquarters. So where's the biggest? uh, It is the Boeing Everett factory in Washington State. I see. So not everything is bigger in Texas. Some things are bigger in Washington. I mean, it has to make seven, seven, sevens. You know, that's why it's so big. Oh, it's just big. It's air. Because you got to (laughs) fill. It's volume. You got to move a plane. Christian said, I have raked Elon Musk over the coals daily for a year. But today that changes. He will face extreme hell from academic researchers for this. I respect what he did because having also faced hell from them for exposing the truth, it is not easy thing to do. They don't play fair. They always play dirty. These are not researchers. These are activists. 
So this is in response to this story where um, it, quote, Musk threatens to sue researchers who documented the rise in hateful tweets. And Christian went on to say the researchers are not the victims. Americans who have been censored by the researchers are. This headline is highly misleading. Elon said exactly. Alex says hydrogen for transportation is a truly stupid idea. More than 50 percent of electricity is wasted compared to BEV. Elon said hydrogen is a dumb way to store chemical energy in so many ways. Dalip says one way to disclose you never studied physics seriously is to recommend Feynman lectures as a good physics book. The real deal. No, it is. And it always will be. Landu Lifshitz. Elon said, it isn't clear to me why people like Feynman's physics lectures so much. I found them to be okay, but not great. Wouldn't recommend them either to those who want to learn physics or those who have. His non-physics books like Surely You're Joking are great. Musk was quoted, do you have the right axioms? Are they relevant? And are you making the right conclusions based on these axioms? That's the essence of critical thinking. And yet it's amazing how often people fail to do that. Elon says, critical thinking should be the first thing we teach kids. I agree. Patrick says, I also hadn't known that California's grid now reaches 85% renewable generation even in winter and spends much of almost every day above 50%, 63% at the time of writing this tweet. J.D. Ross says California and Texas now seem largely constrained on energy storage to continue to invest in and scale intermittent renewables. Elon says this is the limiting factor. So it's just batteries, man. Mark Benhoff says, what are we supposed to say now? Did you see that tweet I tweeted or did you see that X I X'd asking for a friend? Simone says X isn't going to be just about tweeting anymore, so we can't just tie the action of posting to the product name. It's moving towards payments, streaming videos, messaging, a whole new ballgame. And frankly, I'm stoked to see a different spin on things compared to WhatsApp. Elon said exactly. If successful, X will enter the vernacular in ways that we don't yet know. Saw it on X, posted on X, paid on X, drunk texted my ex-girlfriend, etc. Glenn Greenwald says Wikipedia arguably does more to shape people's reputations and the perception of political controversies than almost any other single site. We've been working for a long time to demonstrate how exactly it's degraded into blunt political propaganda. Elon says this is a major problem. Also, it seems the real purpose of many legacy media organizations is simply to provide, quote, official media citations that support a politically biased Wikipedia page. Where do you even find physical magazines or newspapers these days? The scroll well query? That's a container for holy relics. Okay. <laughs> I looked it up on Wikipedia. Uh, okay. <laughs> Holmar's catalog says you're not going to beat Tesla taking Fridays off every week. And this is because the UAW just said that they want their employees to take Fridays off. Elon says a few times a year, I take Sunday afternoons off. Paul Goodman says, does anyone work anymore? Went on a walk Monday at 11 a.m. and there were young people everywhere, working age people. Between all of these creator types, remote work, quiet quitting, etc. I honestly wonder how many people even work anymore. Is your city like that? Elon says they do at my companies. Wall Street Silver says Jeff Bezos is considering having his rocket company Blue Origin acquire Ball Aerospace. The new combined company will be named Blue Balls. Elon says best name ever. John Carmack says, I didn't really appreciate that because they operate it under one volt, high end GPUs are continuously flowing over 500 amps through the die at full load. Elon says I squared heating is tough. I think I is current. current. Wow. Yeah. Damn. I thought you'd appreciate that electrical. Uh, crazy. Eva says so much changed since then. And this was SpaceX back in 2009 that Elon Musk does not have a Twitter account. Anyone who claims to be the real Elon Musk is a fraud. Elon says still true because he doesn't have a Twitter account. <laughs> oh, OK. Or he's calling himself a fraud as a joke. Then this news story from uh, Daily Mail showing that uh, the Twitter killer is down 81 percent in users. Elon said Zuck himself barely uses it. Zach Guzman says, I don't think I've ever seen this before. The New York Times just submitted a letter to the court in the Sam Bankman Freed case about why he was fine to share Caroline Ellison's diary entries with them and why the judge shouldn't revoke bail and detain him now. 
Elon says, the entire coverage of SBF was absurdly positive. They have all the sympathy in the world for SBF, but none for those he scammed. Zuby says, we'll see how it works out for them. Japan sells more adult diapers than baby diapers. Elon says, yeah, more and more countries are. Elon said, the New York Times actually has the nerve to support calls for genocide. If ever there was a time to cancel that publication, it is now. You can read their articles for free anyway using removepaywall.com. In fairness, the New York Times does punch above its weight for a regional publication. Well done. Elon said, legacy media and the truth. You know, when you're trying to find the end of the tape. Andrew says, Meisner effect or bust day 8.5. We made the rocks. And Elon said, would be awesome if this is commercially viable. Super hope so. Talking about superconductors. Franz tweeted out, 15 years ago, I joined Tesla and started Tesla Design. Thanks, Elon, for the opportunity and all those who support Tesla for all those years with more to come. Elon says, thanks for everything you've done for Tesla. Dirty Tesla says, my wife and I both feel the improvement on the 2023 Model Y suspension. The dirt roads are way smoother compared to the 2021 Model Y. Wow. Elon says, yeah, it's much better. Yeah, we felt that in the Netherlands. Elon says, preparing for the next Starship flight, this time I think we have about 50% chance probability of reaching orbital velocity. However, even getting to stage separation would be a win. CBS News says, Vivek Ramasmarmi is proposing a constitutional amendment that requiring citizens 18 to 24 to pass a civics test in order to vote, the same one immigrants take to become naturalized U.S. citizens. Elon says, makes sense. Tesla Economics says, $44 billion for X is overpriced only if your time horizon is short. Watch how fast this company and team moves to become the largest value brand plus social media company in the world over time. $44 billion will look cheap in five to 10 years, in my opinion. Elon said, bullseye. Zuby said, I just saw a TV ad for an antidepressant medication, and the listed side effects included suicidal thoughts, stroke, heart attacks, and death. Elon said, I have serious concerns about SSRIs, as they tend to zombify people. Occasional use of ketamine is a much better option, in my opinion. I have a prescription from when my brain chemistry sometimes goes super negative. Elon retweeted the Boring Company tweets of starting the tunnel build-out at the Westgate in Vegas. Alex Cohen says, you may not like it, but Cheesecake Factory is what peak interior design looks like. Elon says, I have many good memories of taking my kids to the Cheesecake Factory at the Grove in Los Angeles. Elon said he's aiming for 50 pound weights next week. He's doing 45 curls now. Zero Hedge says, RFK Jr. sues Google YouTube over censorship. Elon says, good. Imad says, right in the feels. Elon says, tell me about it. Elon Musk parody says, would you sleep at the Tesla hotel for $100 a night? And then Elon Musk not parody says, I wonder what kind of hotel we would design if we did so. Our Tesla futuristic diner. Greece meets the Jetsons with supercharging in L.A. should be ready later this year. Elon Musk parody says one of the goals for X is to restore free speech. Do you feel like it's coming back? Elon said yes. Doge Designer says 2 a.m. in San Francisco. Elon Musk and Team X still up and working on making this app better. We love you all. Elon says the team worked long into the night. I only left around 3 a.m. Elon said, and how did he do that? Well, he said Diet Coke and Coke Zero are awesome. I don't care if drinking gallons of it shaves a bit of life off. Worth it. Rune says the Civilization franchise has certainly advanced technological progress by introducing the tech tree. Thank you, Sid Meier. That game demonstrated outstanding insight into the stepping stones of the actual civilization growth. Now, this is a big tweet, by the way. Elon says, if you are unfairly treated by your employer due to posting or liking something on this platform, we will fund your legal bill. No limit. Please let us know. And we won't just sue. It will be extremely loud and we will go after the boards of directors of the companies, too. What? Yeah. So, okay, like, what? Well, a bunch of people got fired this week for liking certain tweets, and he's like, we'll go after them for you. Can he do that? Sure he can. Wow, it's America. You can sue anyone for any <laughs> any reason at any time. 
Doge Designer says dating is coming soon on X. By the way, here's a story from Elon Musk's first dating during his college days. Yeah, he said, I once went on a date in college and decided to order dishes backwards, starting with dessert first, which also was not a winning move. I thought you'd like this one, Jess. Electricity explained. Elon said nice. Doge Designer says if Elon Musk was a professor, which subject would he be teaching? Elon said physics and engineering could be taught so much better than they are. A narrative history of how and why they were developed is captivating. Elon said, I'm lifting weights throughout the day, preparing for the fight. Don't have time to work out, so I just bring them to work. Daniela said, Elon, what is the point of the fight? Is it to motivate you to work out? Elon says, it's a civilized form of war. Men love war. He went on to say, aiming to get to 50 pound free weights this week. I build muscle fast. Physical endurance is my weak spot, so I'm aiming to make this quick. Zuck versus Musk fight will be live streamed on X. All proceeds will go to charity for veterans. If the fight is short, I probably win. If long, he may win on endurance. I am much bigger and there is a reason MMA has weight divisions. I weigh at least 300 pounds. <laughs> exact date is still in flux. I'm getting an MRI of my neck and upper back tomorrow. May require surgery before the fight can happen. We'll know this week. I'm going with WWE as my <laughs> fighting style. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people are saying if you need surgery, then Elon call it off. But he seems to be going forward with it. Yeah. In a different vein, Elon said a moral civilization, by which I mean one where individuals act for the collective good, will outcompete an immoral civilization. Said another way, teamwork is power. And lastly, Elon said if the goal of AI is curiosity, aka understanding the universe, then it will aid humanity because we are more interesting than not humanity. We learned a bit that week about what's going on with Elon. Yeah. Right, it's time for community mail time. Let's find out what's going on with you guys. Send your videos, your stories, your photos to us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Darren and Joe spotted this Tesla Model X in the Philippines. Chris sent us this drone footage of some Tesla houses being built in Los Angeles. So like a Tesla village or like just with a lot of Tesla stuff in them? I don't know. Yeah. I need to know more, Chris. Yeah. Report. John spotted this Ford F-150 Lightning parked in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Peter sent us this photo of a Honda E they spotted. I've always liked that car. Like the looks of it. Yeah, it used to look better in the concept phase. Art visited the EEW American Offshore Structures site with the Delaware Valley Tesla Owners Club. Look at those wind turbines, huh? Yeah. Carl spotted this shiny wrap Model 3 in Firestone, Colorado. I feel like we've seen that one before. Kenneth spotted a Cadillac Lyric and a Polestar 2 at the Albany, New York EA charging station. Corey saw this all-electric Rolls-Royce Spectre being tested in Fort Myers, Florida. Why do they put camouflage on it if they also put the name of the car on the side? I don't know. And Lars rented this Northman Nexus Revo 870 all-electric yacht. And you didn't call us, Lars? I know. Come on. Come on. I would have brought some <laughs> champagne or something. All right, it's time for the EV tip of the week. And Colleen sent us this tip on how to keep videos playing in your Tesla, even if the driver exits the car. So we have a highly important tip for all of you that we use all the time. Every Friday night, we take a long drive in our Model 3 to get ice cream. We park in a public parking lot and watch YouTube in the Tesla while we eat. However, whenever the driver exits the vehicle, it turns off the entertainment system when the driver door closes. This is quite annoying as it takes a while to get it reloaded and back to your video. To solve this problem, we discovered if the passenger pushes down on the driver's seat as the door shuts, it tricks the system and won't turn off the entertainment. It's a small thing, but it does save a ton of time and aggravation. Thank you, Colleen. That's yeah. awesome. I didn't know you could do that. Now, I, now I want ice cream. <laughs> now I have a bonus tip this week. Um, so something that I've noticed in the past few weeks was that whenever I got into the Ford F-150 Lightning or the Rivian, I would immediately burst out sweating. Mm. Um, now it was like 80s outside, uh, but they were so hot inside. And I don't think that this is unique. I think that all cars get this hot, especially with the glass roofs. But my car didn't feel that hot when I got in it. Oh, your Model 3? And it's because it's a Tesla. 
not just because it's a Tesla, it's because it has cabin overheat protection, which means that in your app, you can turn this feature on or off, but when it's on, uh, what it does is it keeps the interior of your car to, well, you can set it to like 100 degrees or all the way down to, I think, 95. So you can set a range. What this is supposed to do is protect the interior of your car from getting too hot and mm -hmm. baking those materials in your seats and the dashboard. Um, but what it also does is that when you get in the car, it, sure, it's hot, but it is not like you could cook right. with that temperature. It's not like an oven. Um, and that just means that when it goes to also cool down your interior, um, the AC system has already been running. Mm. So it kicks on faster. So it's a it's just a much cooler way of doing it, even if you don't like remember to cool down your car. But what about all there. that energy you're wasting? I only use like a few miles every day. And I, I mean, I know that it's energy, but I'm also protecting the interior of my car. And if you get your energy from the sun, I mean, like right now, our solar trailer is on mm -hmm. um, and we're cooling it, mm -hmm. but we're using energy from the sun, so it's kind of free. Right. Now, of course, my car doesn't do that, but right. I do get my energy from the sun and the wind. There you go. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what we got out there in the world. What's up, Zach, Jesse, Boff here. We are on our very last charging session from our trip uh, from California to Florida. We're pretty much just outside of Biloxi, Mississippi. It's technically this name right here, which I cannot and will not try to pronounce. Sorry, guys. It's rated for 250 kilowatts here, and there's 12 stalls, but unfortunately at the, at the moment, there's four of them that are actually roped off. And they actually do have a pull-in stall if you are towing, which is awesome. I think the last four in a row have had pull-in stalls for us to use. I almost thought that this one didn't until I noticed uh, when I peeked around the corner that it was there, so great. There are clearly lots of places to go here, and I'm sure, you know, access to restrooms, food, shopping, etc. Perfect. Lots of room to maneuver, and, and as long as it's not too busy, you should be able to haul almost uh, anything in here and, and charge up. So, for Teslas that are towing and are not towing, I would rate this currently a 9 out of 10 and a 10 out of 10 once they get these other stalls fixed. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Mark. I'm in Susanville, about a mile off of 395 at the 8 stall at the Diamond Casino and Hotel. As you can see. And... There's about five Teslas here, and there's also another alternate ch uh, charging station across from that Teslas. And now, you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Scott reporting in from the version 3 supercharger installation in Brentwood, Missouri. In a suburban area, well, or of a city area, 12 version 3 superchargers. Back behind me, there is a Target and a whole bunch of other uh, stores and a shopping center. It's about a four minute walk to get into the Target. It's a bit off the highway. But it's nice to have some uh, version 3 superchargers off Interstate 64 in New York, St. Louis. 
I'm going to give this one a five on the new Jesse scale. Give it a seven on the old scale. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse. This is Kevin from Illinois reporting on the newly opened 12 stall V3 supercharger location here in Oswego, Illinois, just off US 34 in Meyer Grocery Parking Lot. Myers is open from 6 a.m. to midnight, so plenty of opportunities to shop and those more important bathroom breaks. In the immediate area, lots of businesses within an easy five to 10 minute walk. I would rate this supercharger location an eight out of 10. Now you know. Thank you so much for doing supercharger reviews. If you want to check those out and upload your own, you can head over to our website at nowyouknowchannel.com. All right, so let's see what we got for new, new superchargers. What do we got? Number 15 in New Zealand is the three stall in New Plymouth in New Zealand. Number 51 in Maryland is the eight stall in Graysonville, Hissy Road, Maryland. Number 66 in Pennsylvania is the eight stall in Fort Washington. Number 53 in Illinois is the 12 stall in Springfield at West Jefferson Street in Illinois. The three stall in Nanjing, China. Number 131 in Texas is the 12 stall in Haltom City, Texas. Number 371 in California is the 12 stall in Irvine at 5396 Walnut Ave, California. Number 119 in the UK is the 12 stall in Norwich. The 8 stall in New Springfield at Glacier Hills Service Plaza, Ohio. Number 38 in Ohio is the 8 stall in New Springfield at the Mahoning Valley Service Plaza in Ohio. Number 62 in Virginia is the 8 stall at Leesburg at Compass Creek Parkway, Virginia. There's the three stall in Huzhou, China. The three stall in Wuhan, China. The three stall in Jiamen, China. The three stall in Haifei, China. Number eight in Thailand is the eight stall in Bangkok. Number 81 in Japan is the eight stall at Osaka. The three stall in Shanghai, China. The four stall in Jingyu, China. The three stall in Jiajing, China. Number 82 in Taiwan is the three stall at Taichung. The three stall in Lanyang Gang, China. And number 1,785 in China, number 5,375 in the world, is the three-stall supercharger in Wenzhou, China. Nice. A good page and a half of superchargers. <laughs> Not like three pages. That's a lot of superchargers. It's just incredible how many are going online in China. It just, like, their team there must be going super crazy. Like, it's a giant country. It's a giant country, and they're, wow. they're covering it. Hey, thank you so much for watching this episode of Tesla Time News. We hope you enjoyed it. If it's your first time watching Tesla Time News and you made it to the end, um, give yourself a pat on the back. Congratulations. Um, and be sure to subscribe. We do this show every week as we have done for 361 weeks in a row. So if you're worried about consistency in your life, you don't have to worry anymore. You have found basically the most consistent news source you can hope for. Um, that is also independent. That's right. Independence is the key part here. I mean, we have to go through so much mainstream crap every week and we have to like deprogram people because mm. I hear from people all the time like, do you hear that thing about Tesla? It's like, there's a recall. Yeah, of 200 <laughs> Model S's from 2012. Like, right. Okay. Meanwhile, we've had like five recalls on our Ford and Rivian. Right. So it's like, yeah, we have to go through it for you and kind of get to the core of it. Um, and if you like that kind of thing, please consider supporting us over on Patreon for just a buck a month. We have more stories that we did over there. So go check that out. Uh, lots of cool stuff that we can't even bring you on this show. I mean, we're going to show you some footage of who wins in a Bugatti race. Like, that's cool stuff. 
So go check that out over on Patreon. It really helps support this show. Again, this doesn't happen without all the amazing people that you're seeing scrolling by. Uh, these are people who support us at the $5 a month level um, and they get their name shouted out and put on the end credits at the end of the show. Uh, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next week. Now, now you, you know. know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.